What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Dumpster Diving with Daddy. It's week nine, and I'm back after a week off. Thank you so much for Wyatt being the stepdaddy for the week, but I'm back to give you all your dumpster diving. So listen, we're going to cover once again what we do here, how we do it, recap week eight, and go right into week nine. But before we do that, check the intro. Welcome. You're listening to JWB Fantasy Football. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody. So now we are at the halfway point of the season. And based on me being new to JWB, some of the questions we've got in the comment section and some of the confusion basically around what we do, what I wanted to do real quick is give you a reminder of what we do here. So every week, we are going to name four players that hit a certain criteria on ESPN's consensus rankings. So the players that we choose, if they're a quarterback or a tight end, must be outside of the consensus top 15 rankings on ESPN with wide receiver and running back falling outside of the top 20. And in order to be considered a smash or a win, that player has to finish inside the top 12 at his position. On top of that, we give you three fades every week. And the only criteria for the lineup advice that we provide is that the player we say to start him over must be ranked ahead of them. So basically, it's underdog betting against some of the best in the industry where we try to find sleepers within their rankings. I mean, sure, I'd love to just shout from the rooftop, start Christian McCaffrey every week, but this one, of course, because he's on a buy. But you can get that from anyone on Twitter and a thousand different accounts. We purposely want to make our job difficult so you can see the way we view matchups and potential steals and apply them to your league and your waiver choices. So it's tough. It's gross. It's ugly. But it's something we want to teach you all how to look at different numbers and different ways of looking at rankings to try to find those sleepers and those steals. So I hope that cleans it up. Now let's recap last week. Pretty damn good. When you look at the good, we had two top 12 finishes. And to be specific, the tight end one in Trey McBride, and the RB3 in Gus Edwards. Just absolute smash plays that you love to see from a video like this. Those are not just startable players, but weak winners. There haven't been enough of these this year coming out of the show, but I'm happy to see two in one week. And shout out to Wyatt on that Trey McBride pivot call. He made that one on the show live while he was recording. Unbelievable call there. And obviously, I gave you Gus Edwards. That's the teamwork we have at JWB. You love to see it. Not so good. Man, that Stafford hand injury probably cost us a third top 12 finish. He was just getting into garbage time as they were getting smashed by the Dallas Cowboys. But unfortunately, the only thing that got smashed for Stafford was his hand. And then, of course, it was Ridley, not Kirk, who took the wide receiver one role with the Jags this week. So not great. No huge whiffs. But we went two out of four for top 12 plays. And then six and six on the lineup advice because of the injury and the Kirk performance. So solid, not spectacular. But you know what? Two top five plays, you got to love seeing that. You absolutely love seeing those plays. So let's see if we can get you maybe four more this week. On to week nine, we're going to jump right into it. And for quarterback and quarterback 17, 
we're going to go Bryce Young versus the Indianapolis Colts. Because after a slow start, the number one overall pick has now eclipsed 200 yards in his last four games, leading to a rebirth of one of my all-time favorite wide receivers in Adam Thielen. But we've yet to see a smash game from him. The closest we got was 242 and three touchdowns in Detroit. But he also had two interceptions, brought his number down a little bit. So why am I picking it to be this week? Well, the Panthers and Colts both love giving up points. With the Colts games averaging the second highest combined total points in the NFL. And they're also allowing the 22nd most points to opposing QBs, despite some pretty poor competition. And what we saw was Young's friend and number two overall pick, CJ Stroud, absolutely torched this defense. And I expect Young to follow suit this week in what's going to be a bonanza of points. So who are we going to sit in order to get Bryce Young into our lineup this week? Well, starting out, the aforementioned C.J. Stroud against the Tampa Bay Bucks defense. Jordan Love against the Rams. Love has just really been struggling to get it together, and I don't think this is the week he does it. And then I'm also going to take his opponent this week in Gardner Minshew as a sit against the Carolina Panthers. I think Bryce Young outscores all three of those on his way to a top-12 finish against those Indianapolis Colts. Now, running back, this one's easy. I mean, after last week, how can we not go back to the Arizona Cardinals for a running back smash? I feel like last year what we did was we picked tight ends against the Arizona Cardinals because they were giving up points to them nonstop. This year, running backs absolutely getting torched on the ground. So for being honest, I love both Cleveland running backs this week, but we're going to go with the running back 22 and Jerome Ford, who said he felt no soreness in his ankle after last week. I expect Ford to break multiple big runs against the Cardinals defense who are allowing the 29th most points to opposing TV uh, RBs and just got torched by Gus Bus last week. They've given up 100-plus yards or a touchdown in five of their six meetings, including two three touchdown games during that time. So with Ford sees more than the nine carries you saw last week, which I expect him to do as they're not easing them back in, never mind top 12, this man's going to finish in the top 10. It's an absolute smash play. So again, this week, who are we think in a sitting to get Jerome Ford in our lineups? Well, let's start with Joe Mixon, who sure had a decent game against the 49ers, but he gets that Buffalo defense, and Mixon has been far from spectacular. I expect him to throw on Buffalo and Mixon to take a backseat in this offense this week. I'm also going to play him over Aaron Jones, who really just hasn't looked the same since coming back from that injury. I don't expect much, much against the Rams. And then fantasy bust, a guy who I was high on, and I hate to see it, but Tony Pollard is a sit for me against that Eagles front seven. I think Dak's going to have to throw to win that game. I expect it to be high scoring on the Eagles side, and I think Tony Pollard will be an afterthought as he has been all season. Getting into wide receivers. Man, I, I really stressed on this one because if you could pick one player in the NFL who should be a lot better than he is, it's Deontay Johnson, who comes in a wide receiver two versus the Tennessee Titans. And he once again last week turned a plethora of targets into an average game. This is just what he's been doing lately. But Tennessee is an absolute funnel for the passing game. And the Steelers can't run worth the damn. So this should work out really well in Johnson's favor. Assuming he stays out of the medical tent, which is a big if for a guy doing his best Mike Williams impression this year. I think Deontay posts 100 plus yards and a touchdown this week, cementing himself in the top eight wide receivers. Follow the volume is what they tell me to 
do. And volume is what Deontay Johnson has been getting. And he is a talented player, has a great matchup. There's a lot to love this week. So who am I playing him over? Well, the start out, Jacoby Myers against the Giants. Aiden O'Connell has a love affair with Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams has been losing his mind, just smashing his helmet. So I think Adams is going to see like 20-plus targets with not much left for Jacoby Myers against the Giants. Terry McLaurin against the New England Patriots, who do an outstanding job of shutting down young quarterbacks and Puka Nakua against the Packers. I think Nakua is going to struggle with Stafford on the bench. He's been kind of tailing off a little bit as it is, but I really don't trust Brett Ripien to get him the ball if that is the starter or per perhaps his dresser win, who I'm not even certain is a real person, but if he is, he might be starting. Can't imagine that does much for Nakua. Love the talent in that wide receiver, just not this week. And then last but not least, we go to that absolute dumpster fire of a position that is the tight end. But this one's fun because you know who sucks against the run? The Chicago Bears. Now, how much fun is it to reference that stat when we're talking about our sleeper tight end, who is none other than the Swiss Army Knife Taysom Hill at tight end 18, who's going up against the Bears. You know that he's not going to catch more than two or three passes, but I think those designed runs up the middle that seem to surprise every single defense, even though that's all he does, is going to be enough to get Taysom Hill into that top 12 tight end spot. And I'll tell you what, if he throws a touchdown pass, which is absolutely not out of the realm of possibility, this man could end up as the tight end one overall. Yes, that makes me nauseous to say, but in reality, other than Travis Kelsey, he might have the best chance at having a tight end one game this week. So give me Taysom Hill against the Bears to do it with his legs, possibly his arm, and maybe a couple catches on top of it. Who are we playing him over? Luke Musgrave. I, I think eventually Luke Musgrave's time will come. I'm just not sure it's going to be this season. So I'm sitting him against the Rams. Jake Ferguson against the Philadelphia Eagles. Sure, they've been giving up some, some points to tight ends. I just don't think it's going to be a Ferguson week. And I love what Dak did unlocking said uh, C.D. Lamb last week. I think we continue with a lot of Lamb targets this week. Then lastly, Logan Thomas against those New England Patriots safeties led by Kyle Duggar. They are a nightmare for tight ends. So we are sitting Logan Thomas. We are playing Taysom Hill. and We are having fun doing so. This is what Dumpster Diving is all about. We're finding the weirdos and those misfit toys. And Taysom Hill is like the poster child for all that. So listen, if you like this or you like anything that we're doing at JWB, please subscribe. We're on a mission to get to 2,500 subscribers before the end of the year. And if you take a look at the video description, you will find a link where you can get clips for every single player and get on our JWB Discord and talk to listeners like yourself about football. Tell them I'm an idiot. Tell them what you're thinking. Give them your sleepers. Let's talk ball on there. And then also on the X machine, Twitter, follow us at JWB underscore F and check the pinned tweet where you can find all of our content. So listen, last week, two top 12 finishes. We have been on a roll. I told you we're going to get moving. We're going to get going because we're starting to see what these defenses are and we're starting to find a way to exploit them. And I want you to be able to take that information and apply it to your leagues. So I hope we get those W's this week. Enjoy week nine. I know we have some buys. We have some injuries. We have some good things coming. Check it out. I'll talk to you all next week.